What's up guys, I'm Caleb Kisterki, and today we're shooting another Proven Progression episode. I am picking up my 2024 Polaris snowmobiles um, and gonna go through what the sled build looks like. We're gonna go from start to finish. Uh, today we're uncrating them and then we're gonna get them back in my shop and then I'm gonna order parts for them and you'll kind of see the progression of installing those parts. Some of the stuff I do to these sleds aren't gonna cost any money. So you might wanna pay attention to those. There's a lot of little tweaks and things that I do that cost very little money or are free, but kind of help get the sled performing how I want it to. I'm gonna go over every single detail on this sled build video. Even the smallest thing that might not seem like it matters, I'm gonna to touch on uh, so you guys know exactly how I set my sleds up. All I'm doing today is picking these sleds up from the dealer here in Missoula, taking them to my shop and then figuring out what parts to order. I'll get those parts ordered and then try to get everything installed before heydays so I can take these sleds uh, to heydays. Normally a dealership uh, does all this prep work, but I'm on a little different program because my sleds come directly from Polaris. So the only reason these sleds are at the dealership at all is because I don't have a forklift to unload them. All I'm really gonna do today is set these up enough to get them on my truck, take them to my shop, and then get parts ordered for these builds. I actually didn't even know what color these were gonna be. So since we have a black and gray base color, I can kind of design any wrap I want and do whatever color accents. So this is just a 850 with the 275, 155 track. You know, there's really nothing too special about this sled, um, but it's a phenomenal base sled to do this build off. And not that I'm gonna do anything too crazy with this build, but you know, you just don't, you don't have to have a 9R, you don't have to have a boost to have a phenomenal sled that is very capable. Um, and I think you guys will see that with this. So all we're gonna have to do today is pull the bolts that's holding it down to the crate, throw the skis on, tighten the bars, and then load it up. New sleds are so exciting. I am pumped. There's just something about going and picking up a brand new sled that gets the guy fired up. I hate leaving carbide marks on other people's asphalt. If you leave the sled run while you pull on it, the track spins a little bit easier, so it's actually not that hard to do that. All right, got these sleds loaded up. Now we're gonna head back to the shop and plan out these sled builds. Well, kind of got a full house in here now. I have eight sleds. Uh, a couple of these are gonna get sold and then the sleds from last year are going to be rentals for proven progression for this season. And then the new sleds are gonna have uh, builds done on them and be um, my main sleds. Uh, I still have two more coming, uh, two boosts on their way here, but these 850s are here. And this build video is gonna be dedicated to uh, the 850. Um, I'm gonna go order up my parts 
Uh, I need to order a wrap from Arctic FX and rails and wheels from Ice Age, and then I'll be back once those parts are in. I try to keep my builds as simple as possible. Uh, there's still a fair amount that goes into this, but there, everything that goes into this build is a necessity for me to ride the way that I ride. Some of these things are going to be more expensive aftermarket parts like shocks and rails, and then some of this stuff's going to be free mods that you can do just by running to the hardware store. These belt tools sketch me out being right next to the primary. I always zip tie that and then throw this up here in the dash or in my toolkit. Let's talk about skis real quick. I always run Pluris Gripper skis, and the reason why is they're basically the best ski out there. There's one ski that comes pretty close to the same performance, um, that's the SLP Mohawk, but the price tag on that's pretty heavy. Um, if you're riding a Polaris, it kind of makes sense just to run stock skis. Uh, the only reason I'm swapping these out is because I want red skis uh, to kind of tie the colors together of this build. Pretty much all aftermarket skis suck, and they will make your sled handle worse for tree riding um, than stock. You just, it's really hard to beat the stock ski for tree riding. The only time an aftermarket ski really helps you is when you need a stiffer ski for spring jumping. Um, so the sled will track straighter into jumps, but you know, how many guys are actually going out in April, May, June, and need a ski that performs specifically for those conditions? Probably not that many. So most of us can just run stock skis and save a few bucks. I'm gonna go over the free or super cheap mods um, that I do to my sleds. First thing is I pull out all this sound foam. This stuff obviously doesn't really weigh anything when it's dry, but as soon as it gets wet, it soaks up a ton of water and it just turns into like this sheet of ice. And this whole thing will just be full of water and ice. Um, and it actually ends up adding a lot of weight to your sled. And then the other annoying thing is when your pipe gets hot, that ice melts and then that water is just like bouncing around. Um, in the belly of your sled and can get on your clutches and cause your clutches to slip. So I end up pulling out most of the foam on my sled. The only drawback to this is you hear more motor noise um, when your sled's running because it's not deadening um, all that underhood noise. There's a bunch of this stuff on your side panels too. Um, I pull that off as well, especially on the clutch side. It doesn't really matter on the can side, but definitely matters on the clutch side because that'll just constantly melt and drip on your clutches and cause your clutches to slip. So I silicone a few different spots on my plastics. I like to use uh, Lexol silicone. It's at most Ace Hardwares or uh, you know any sort of building supply store. Um, and I just run a bead of this on this crack underneath the pipe. Uh, this often pops apart after a bunch of hard landings and that bead of silicone kind of helps keep it tight and uh, keeps you from getting snow like shoved up underneath your pipe here. Nothing too crazy, just a nice bead of silicone. The next spot I silicone is the side panel. I add it right at these tabs that hold the panel together. And then I run a bead of silicone right at this joint. This is a really common spot for the panels to pop apart after you have a hard crash. And uh, your panels just get kind of flimsy and like feel like they're kind of falling apart. Well, running this bead of silicone when your panel's new and fresh kind of helps keep everything together and keeps um, these little plastic posts where these screws go into, keeps those from breaking off. But if you have been riding your sled really hard and your panels are getting really floppy, you can you know go back and do this later. Um, it's something I do to pretty much all my sleds just to keep it from popping apart. So this is adding like structure to my sled. It's not necessarily 
sealing the plastics. Like I'm not doing this so I can water skip without my clutches slipping. This is more so to help hold the panels together and add some rigidity. It's pretty much impossible for these tabs to come apart when they're filled full of silicone. And obviously I'm gonna go back and smooth that over. If it was late spring and I wanted to set the sled up for water skipping, I would go through and silicone the plastics at every joint where it meets the chassis. So any spot um, plastic meets aluminum, I would silicone that. Uh, and I would pull the track out and silicone where the drivers go. Um, well, actually where the intercoolers meet the chassis up in the front by the drivers, that all those cracks need to be sealed as well. It's actually quite a bit of work to like seal a sled up really good um, for water skipping. But once you do that, these sleds actually do really good on water. The next thing, is duct tape. I like to duct tape the vents on the clutch side of the snowmobile. There's two vents on the hood. I duct tape these two and then there's one on the side panel that I tape. Uh, the reason being is if you're riding in light fluffy powder, you'll get some of that powder through these holes. Uh, it melts and drips on your clutches and your clutches slip. So the trick for doing this is to put one piece of tape face out. I just use black duct tape and go face out like this. I'm gonna trim this a little bit narrower and then a piece of tape over the top of this one to hold it in place. So when you're done, it ends up looking like this. You got the black tape holding it in place and then on this side, it's just black where the vents are. That way it's not really noticeable. Um, I've never had someone notice the duct tape and be like, oh, why is your sled duct taped? So that kind of hides it. And it's the easiest way to seal those vents up. So yeah, this will go over these holes just like that. And then a full width piece over the top of this to hold it in place. The last free mod I'm gonna go over is drilling out this glove box to get more airflow inside. I kind of just go wild with a quarter inch bit and drill a whole bunch of holes to add airflow. And um, yeah, nothing too complicated there. Because of where this sits above the motor, tons of hot air will rise and then go through these holes and it'll actually dry out a pair of gloves or goggles in here or thaw out your frozen water. And I don't really do any sort of crazy pattern, I just eyeball. Make sure you don't hit your wiring. So I've done this a few different times where I drilled out the entire glove box uh, and also done less holes like I just did here. This is all it really needs in my opinion. If you drill any more holes than that, you're just kind of adding holes for no reason. Like you don't need more surface area than this to allow a bunch of heat in. The next product I'm putting on my sleds are CFR handlebars. I have my own signature line with CFR, so that's obviously the uh, model I'm going to recommend. Uh, there's a lot of advantages to going to an aftermarket handlebar. Um, one being you can control the width of the handlebar and you can control the height. Um, my bars end up being just a hair lower than the stock um, Polaris low bars, the way I set it up. Um, and also they look a lot better. Uh, you can see with this setup, like this is a, a way cleaner look. Um, you have the large, I put the large bar pad on right here to kind of protect my face on hard landings opposed to landing on the stock mountain strap. You never really use the stock um, mountain strap 
if you're riding with proper technique. The only time you really use this is when you're yanking your sled over, getting unstuck. So it's really not that handy. It's definitely not essential. I prefer just to have a large bar pad there to um, protect you know, your face against smashing um, or getting like throat chopped by this thing. So there's some other advantages to handlebars on top of that. Um, you can kind of personalize the feel of the sled. Different handlebars have different amounts of flex in them um, and a different rigidity. Uh, these handlebars are made out of 7,000 series aluminum, so they're a lot stronger than the stock handlebar. Uh, and then my handlebar also has narrow diameter grips right here, so that allows you to really hook your fingers around the handlebars and not have like a big bulky grip on the bars. Um, it might look really small right now, and it is like this is a really narrow cut, but then once you put um, your heaters on and your grips on, it doesn't look quite um, as tiny. I find this to be about the perfect um, diameter. This would be a little, little too small for me, but like I said, once you have grips and um, heaters on, ends up being about perfect. So on top of function, the handlebars look significantly better. Um, the Polaris bars kind of just look like something that belongs on like a kid's BMX bike, where this looks like more like a moto setup and works phenomenal for aggressive riding. One more advantage to mention is you can move your controls in a little bit. Uh, I like to move my brake lever as far in as I can so I can hook the end of the lever with my index finger like this. Um, the stock bars don't allow you to push it in as far. You can get it a little ways from where it's set up from the factory, but you just can't get this over far enough. And then I like to hook my pinky around the 45 degree hooks like so and ride like that. I feel like it gives me um, really good grip and it's like impossible for my hands to get ripped off the bars because I'm always in that hooked position, um, kind of giving me optimal grip. With the stock bars, your pinky ends up getting kind of just slammed into this bar hook. It's a lot less comfortable than hooking it around the 45 on the, the handlebars. So I really prefer having 45 degree hooks rather than 90 degree hooks. Um, I would say that's kind of a personal preference thing, but one more reason to swap bars out. When you ran a CFR setup, you used to have to get a post adapter and then run the standard NUX risers. Well, now CFR has a Polaris specific riser that bolts directly to um, the top of the steering post. So I love this um, design. It's a little bit cleaner and you don't have to worry about the angle that the riser is in relationship to the steering post. It's always perfect because it's bolted directly down to the top. Um, and this riser is coming out for this season. It's called the FTP riser. And this is the one I'd recommend. I'm either gonna run the three inch um, or the three and a half. I'm, I'm likely going to run the three inch FTP with my signature handlebar. And that's gonna be um, roughly the same height as the Polaris low bars. Should be, should be the perfect setup. And one more thing to note is you have these degree marks on the top of the handlebar here. And that allows you to control the feel of the bars quite a bit by rolling the handlebars down or rolling them up. I normally do roughly one degree plus. So my bars are rolled forward one degree. Um, I would recommend being at zero or maybe you know play around and try one degree up. You can always try rolling them back down too. 
uh, but you end up with like kind of a lazy feel. And the only time you'd want your bars rolled down like that is maybe for trail riding. The more on top of your sled you are and over the bars, the more you're gonna want them rolled forward. Because, you know, if you're riding positions here, it makes sense you'd want them rolled back. But when you're riding positions up here and like kind of over the front of the sled, you want the bars to be um, in that more aggressive forward rolled position. For the wrap on this sled, I'm using Arctic FX Graphics. Um, they are kind of the original graphics company in the snowmobile industry. And there's a few reasons why I think they make the best wraps. Uh, one is their ease of installation. And then the technology they have in this vinyl is that it allows it to have almost no bubbles while installing it. And then all of the cuts end up being really good. Um, occasionally you have to go through and kind of trim some stuff with a razor blade, but for the most part, their cuts fit the plastics phenomenal. Um, and then they also have their sled wrapper software on their website. So you can take a sled and add whatever colors you want to it with like skis or um, rails or whatever, and then design your wrap based around the colors that are pre-existing on your sled. Makes it super helpful to like visualize um, what you want your sled to look like and design your wrap around that. Another thing to note is that their adhesive is super strong. Um, I've really never had an issue with the wrap piece coming off, which is really impressive considering how many trees and rocks and um, just crap I've uh, beat my sled up against. Another plus with their wraps is that it really protects the plastics well and wrapping things like tunnels can help um, shed more snow off the sled because snow sticks to vinyl less than uh, metal. So wraps go a long ways towards changing the look of your sled, but if you really want your sled to kind of look coherent and um, look like it's a mod sled, you kind of need to get some color in some other areas. So a really easy way to do that is to change the color of your skis, uh, change the color of your grips, or rear bumper, or like rails. So on this sled, I added red um, because I didn't want just the wrap, I want the red to kind of bring um, the wrap together. Let's talk about shocks now. Shocks are definitely a high dollar item, um, but the performance you get from going to an aftermarket shock, I think is well worth the investment um, if you have the money to spend on it. Shocks become really important when you're jumping a snowmobile, riding more aggressive, or you're like a heavier rider weight because the stock shocks are just too soft and just don't really handle that type of use. Um, but even if you're a lighter rider and you don't ride that hard, you're still gonna see some huge performance gains from going to um, a high quality aftermarket shock. The shocks I'm going to be running on all of my sleds are Olin shocks. I think they have the best package that covers um, a lot of different riding styles and meets the demands that I have for a shock. I need a shock to handle heavy hits but also perform really well in the trees. And I think Olin's brings that package to the table and they're providing everything I need out of a shock um, with this package. So a couple of things you wanna note on the Olin shocks are your compression adjustment up here on top. You're gonna to be able to adjust the shock by about 30% by turning this dial. And then the next feature that's gonna be different than your stock shocks is the 
rebound adjustment down here. You're not able to adjust the rebound on stock shocks. This is a huge advantage of going to an aftermarket shock. You can control how fast that shock rebounds and that's going to allow you to change how playful the sled is. So the faster your shock rebounds, um, the more it's gonna pop out of the snow, the more it's going to pop on hopovers and bow ties, um, but it gets a little harder to control and a little less consistent. If you slow that rebound down, the sled's gonna feel a little less playful, but it's gonna respond more consistently to harder impacts. These are obviously a high dollar item, but the performance gains are well worth the investment. And I don't think you're gonna be disappointed um, putting a set of shocks on your sled. It's not just for hardcore riders, like anyone is going to see some huge performance gains by putting this level of quality um, of shock on your sled. Let's talk about tunnel grips. I run tunnel grips on pretty much every one of my sleds. It makes a huge difference when you're doing re-entries, flips, or just riding neutral to like cruise up a ravine. Um, pretty much any time you have both feet on the running boards, tunnel grips are gonna give you an advantage um, of making it easier to stick with the sled. I run Rocks tunnel grips. They have a couple different op options. They have the Riveton model, which is what I run on most of my sleds. The nubs on it are a little bit bigger. Um, that's why I like the Riveton version. They also have a stick-on version. Um, does the same thing. The nubs on it are just a little smaller, but you don't have to rivet this onto your sled. So I'll use this um, anytime I'm on like a borrowed sled, like when I'm traveling. So your factory rails are made out of 6,000 series aluminum and they have all these cutouts. Uh, so they're kind of weak, especially if you start jumping or riding aggressive. Ice Age rails are made out of 7,000 series aluminum. So the strength of this is significantly more than 6,000 series aluminum um, and they have way less cutouts. This is the Ice Age bomber rail. I run bombers on all my sleds. They have a stock replacement rail which has similar cutouts but is still significantly stronger because of the difference in aluminum. Um, but I always go for the strongest option out there and this is the strongest skid uh, you can put in a snowmobile. One of the reasons I'm such an advocate for Ice Age rails is it's similar to like cheap insurance. Um, if you bend a stock rail, chances are nobody's going to have a spare um, and it's gonna ruin your day or ruin your entire trip. And they're a pain in the ass to change. Like you don't wanna be doing this out of the back of your truck in a hotel parking lot. You're gonna want a heated shop to do it. So why not just get a set of rails at the start of the season, um, install them right away and then never think about it again um, and just have that stress eliminated. A nice combo to go with your Ice Age rails are Ice Age Hellfire wheels. Ice Age Hellfire wheels are a huge upgrade over stock. They are three quarters of an inch larger. Stock is seven and a quarter. These are eight inch wheels. So you get a little less um, rolling resistance from the track. And then when you do wheelies, you have a little bit bigger of a pivot point um, at the back of the sled. The Hellfire wheels are the best aftermarket wheel in my opinion. And that's because Ice Age has this design where they have this plastic outer ring. So you have the strength and the looks of a billet wheel, but then you have this plastic ring on the outside that sheds snow and ice. A common issue with billet wheels is that they get a lot of ice buildup right here and cause a bunch of vibration. Well, Ice Age eliminated that issue with this plastic ring. And these wheels are extremely durable. Um, I've really put them to the test through riding on rocks, uh, over logs, 
uh, landing 270 flips, all crooked, um, and then just big springtime jumps. And I haven't had a single issue yet. The last skid piece that I run is the Ice Age axle. Uh, it makes a lot of sense to switch to a little bit stronger axle um, and a better looking axle if you're doing all of this work already. The last Ice Age product I'm putting on my sled are these billet anodized tow hooks. So if you have an issue breaking the stock tow hooks, these are a great solution by Ice Age. They're actually lighter um, and they're billet aluminum instead of cast aluminum. So you're a lot less likely to break these and they look killer. Yeah.